Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Welcome back, everyone, to the channel. Tonight, we have a deadly park ranger story in the state of Ohio about this park ranger who was working his shift, encounters something so horrifying and so bizarre that he's still traumatized about it to this day. Now, let's get spooky. If you're new to the channel, subscribe, click on that bell, and smash that thumbs up and tell a friend. Hello, Campfire Tales. I have been a huge fan of your totally beautiful and fascinating channel for quite some time now. And recently, something horrific happened to me, and I thought about your channel would be a perfect place to share it. I am a park ranger at the National Park Cuyahoga Valley in the state of Ohio. This specific incident didn't happen too long ago. This all started on April 7th of 2023. It was an average morning shift for me. I walked into the office, greeted my coworkers and supervisors while they drank a nice, warm, and soothing mug of coffee while making small talk. My supervisor was always a nice guy, and I would even go as far to say as we were friends. We occasionally grabbed a beer or two or a bite to eat together outside of working hours, and I could have never expected what he had been hiding. After I was done drinking my coffee, I rinsed out my mug and was ready to get to work. I had a tour to lead that day, which I didn't mind, but on that particular day I would have much rather done some computer work. Once the caffeine hit me, however, I was hit with a mild rush of euphoria and energy and was ready to start my tour on a good and motivated note. I said goodbye to my coworkers and opened the door and headed outside. I saw the group who was waiting for me by the start of the trail, and I was relieved to see that there were no children. The youngest person had to be in their late 20s. Not that I hate children, but they are certainly a more tedious crowd to go on a tour with. I explained the rules of the tour, and began to lead everyone on their merry way down what was personally my favorite trail. Halfway down the trail... An extremely distasteful and horrific smell entered my nose. I could only describe it as slightly similar to severely rotten eggs, but tenfold the rancidness. Everyone else on the tour smelled the awful thing as well. I pinched my nose and saw people gagging and throwing up beside me. I told everyone they could go back to the office while I investigate the source of the stench. I pulled out a spare face mask from my pocket, which was a few years old since I hadn't really worn a mask since 2020. The mask was only able to mask the horrific smell by less than a percent, so I pulled my undershirt and shirt over my nose as well, and pinched my nose. I took a deep breath in through my mouth, and somehow the smell was still there, despite how many things were covering my nose. I looked around at the forest covering either side of me, and I ventured in and started my journey to finding the source of the smell. After a while of walking in one direction, I realized that the smell was getting less, meaning that I was going the wrong direction. I turned back around and I could tell I was now going the right direction as the smell grew incredibly worse. Finally, 
I had made it back to the trail, and I started my journey in the right direction this time. I knew that I was close to the source when the smell became almost unbearable enough that I thought for a second I was going to throw up, but I luckily was able to stop myself. I looked around, scanning the surrounding area for anything that could be the source, and that's when my body froze with the most intense fear and disgust I had ever felt. Right there, right in front of me, was a limp, headless, and severely mutilated body hanging off of a tree from a rope that was attached to its foot. I threw up right then and there from pure anxiety and disgust. I looked more and identified the body as a person who had recently gone missing in the park. I then remembered that there had been 12 missing person cases in this park alone this month. I came to the conclusion that because this body had clearly been involved in foul play, that there had to be a single person or a group responsible for the missing person cases. I pulled out my smart device and closed my eyes while snapping a few pictures. I then put my phone back in my pocket and instantly ran away back to the trail while screaming and crying in disgust from the absolutely gut-wrenching and traumatic scene that I had just witnessed with my own two eyes. After a while of running, I made it back to where the group was, and I could see my supervisor talking to the group. I interrupted them, panting, and told my supervisor that I needed to speak with him in private briefly. He looked concerned and obliged. We both walked a few dozen paces away from the group, and I explained to him that I had just seen a severely mutilated headless body hanging off of a tree in the woods. I showed him the pictures and I found it suspicious that his facial expressions indicated that he was experiencing more feelings of annoyance than disgust or shock. He tried to make it very clear to me that he truly believed that this was a predatory animal doing. I found it incredibly bizarre how much he tried to double down on that point even after I tried to explain to him many times it would be impossible for a wild animal to cleanly slice off someone's head and then hang their body up on a tree, but he kept insisting. He told me to go back to my desk in the office, and that he would call and notify the police of the incident right away. I obliged and headed towards the office, and when I had made it, I turned back for a second and noticed that my supervisor was nowhere in sight anymore. I thought that that fact was a little bit weird, but I brushed it off and headed into the office and sat down in my chair. I slumped down and began to completely bawl my eyes out from the pure dread I had experienced that day. After a while of crying, I wasn't sure what else to do. I found it weird that my supervisor had instructed me to go to my desk in the office with no further instructions. After a little while of considering the matter, I decided I would talk to my supervisor to see if I could go home early, because I truly didn't think I was in the best mental state to continue on with my day. I got out of my chair, my vision becoming surrounded by stars from being so lightheaded from the strong emotions. I gathered myself together and went to the door. I opened the door and embraced the fresh air which seemed to help my emotions slightly. I walked down the stairs to the ground and looked around for my supervisor but he seemed to be nowhere in sight. After standing there for a little bit, pondering what to do next, I settled on a decision. I pulled out my radio from my waist and spoke into it, asking for my supervisor. 
my only reply was static. So I tried again to signal for him on the radio. I grew a surprised look on my face when I was met with static once again. I gave up on the radio plan and stood there, pondering what my next move should be. And then I settled on venturing the trail to look for him. I figured he would obviously had gone out to the trail where the body was found. So I pulled my face mask out of my pocket again and put it on. I started my adventure onto the trail that had recently given me in an absolutely horrific, nightmare-inducing scene, but I knew I had to do this because I really needed to go home at that moment. After a while of adventuring on that trail, I began to hear the faintest sound of rustling leaves. I froze in my tracks, instantly becoming paranoid, but quickly unfroze when I realized it was most likely my supervisor. I took a deep breath, sending waves of calmness and motivation into me. I continued down the path and was met with the scene of my supervisor looking distraught and sort of beaten up running out of the woods. I examined his whole body and instantly took notice of the dried blood on his hands, and some of it even staining his clothes. His face grew incredibly wide with concern and worry once he locked eyes with me, and it was as if he was a statue. I tried to talk to him, but he continued to stand there, frozen in shock, staring intently into my eyes. Eventually, after a while of this annoying dilemma, he unfroze and asked me what I was doing here. I asked him if he was alright and what he had been doing. He quickly hid his hands behind his back and asked me again what I was doing without answering the question I had asked him whatsoever. I told him that I didn't believe that I was in the right mental state to continue to work today. Suddenly his face grew to an irritated and annoyed look, and he snapped back, saying that I must continue the workday because he had seen much worse things and continued the workday no matter his emotions. He lectured me about letting my emotions get in the way, and then instructed me to get off the trail and return to the office and told me to do the work he had assigned for me on my computer this morning. I walked away confused, as I had checked the assigned work this morning, and I was absolutely certain he hadn't assigned anything, but I wasn't going to argue with him as I really needed to keep my job. I sighed in a confused defeat and turned around, starting my way back down the trail and back to the office so I could go sit in my chair and cry some more about the traumatic incident that I had witnessed about an hour ago now. On my way walking back, I began to ponder about how weird my supervisor had been acting. Usually we were friends and although he was my supervisor, he never really acted authoritatively or talked down to me. I thought about it more and realized just how bizarre it was that he had been scurrying out of the same part of the woods where the body was found with blood all over his hands and clothes. A sick feeling grew evident in my stomach when I realized the whole thing was just insanely bizarre and I had a hard time believing that a nice guy like that, who was alone my friend, could actually be capable of having something to do with the dead body, or all the missing person cases for that matter. After finishing my walk of deep thinking, I finally made it back to the office. I opened the door and slumped down in my chair, feeling an unwelcomed sense of deja vu, knowing I had repeated what I had just done about a half an hour earlier. I looked at my computer and suddenly knew what I wanted to do. I opened up the internet and began to research the missing person cases of the park that I had worked for. 
I instantly became intrigued after reading the first article. After reading the top headlines, I decided I wanted to read some articles that were more on the conspiracy theory side. Many stated they believed the missing people were the result of a murderer serial killer in the woods. Some believed it was from paranormal creatures, and some believed it was from aliens. I decided I was going to investigate my supervisor and discover the truth once and for all. I got out of my seat and walked towards the front door. I opened the door and embraced the air, ready for my terrifying adventure, not knowing if it would turn out terrifically or horribly. I saw my supervisor chatting up with a woman around the same age as him. Suddenly, he gestured the woman to the trail of which they were chatting in front of. I thought that was suspicious because romantic behavior of any kind was prohibited on the job. I decided I would keep a good distance from them and follow them down the trail to see if he would do anything suspicious. As I started my walk, I began to question what I would actually do if I found out he was, in fact, the murderer that had been responsible for all the missing person cases. Suddenly, another thought crossed my mind. I wondered if he really killed all of them. Sure, one of the missing people was deceased, but that didn't mean he killed everyone. I imagined people crying in a hidden bunker somewhere. I made it onto the trail and decided I would go into the woods and stay on their left, but also a few feet behind them. I froze up when my supervisor suddenly turned around and scanned the area behind him. I instantly hid behind a random tree and tried to control my breathing so it wouldn't be too loud. I began to hear them start chatting again and the sound of their footsteps moving forwards. I took a deep breath of relief and let my nerves calm down as much as they could for a brief moment of time that wouldn't allow too much distance between my supervisor and I. I decided that if I was going to catch this man doing anything, I would need hard concrete evidence. I pulled out my smartphone and hit record before attaching it to the front of myself. It would have the perfect view of what I was seeing, and it was partially hidden. I silently picked up the pace so that I was only a few feet behind them and to their left once again. I observed my supervisor's hand movements and body language. I wasn't a psychologist or an FBI agent or anything but I did have a basic idea of body language and what certain gestures indicated. His gestures indicated to me that he was planning to do something to the woman any second now, but that he was paranoid that someone might be watching him as he kept looking left to right and behind him the occasional time, causing me to repeatedly hide behind a tree for half a minute at a time. Suddenly, while my attention wasn't totally focused on them, my supervisor made his first attack. Just this attack alone caught on video could be enough proof, but I wanted to make absolutely sure that I had all the evidence I could get. I picked up the pace slightly and positioned myself so the camera could get a clear shot of the horrific scene being presented to me. My supervisor tackled the woman to the ground and began to pull out his pocket knife. I watched in complete and utter horror as the woman relentlessly struggled, trying to break free from this evil man. But she was no match for his strength. My supervisor pulled out his pocket knife fully and opened it. He began to taunt her with the knife, slowly lowering it down to her very closely before stabbing her throat and sliding it all the way down her body, practically slicing her in two. 
I realized, two seconds later, that I had audibly been screaming when my supervisor stared at me in complete horror, knowing that he had been caught. It felt like we were staring at each other forever, until suddenly he charged at me. I finally unfroze from the pure paranoia and fear I was experiencing, and dodged the first attack on me with his pocket knife, still covered in dark blood. I cursed at him and began to cry, feeling betrayed. He tried to attack me once more, but I grabbed his forearms and pinned them against his back, and then pinned him against a tree. We both struggled to gain control of the knife for quite a while, but I eventually was victorious. I ripped the knife out of his hand and aimed it at him. Suddenly, I watched as his hand slowly and quietly began to pull a gun out of his pocket. The scene made me instantly stab him in the heart, right then and there. Even with the knife in his heart, he pulled out the gun, fired a shot, and luckily missed me entirely. I pulled the knife out and felt completely horrible once I realized what I had just done. I had just taken another man's life. Sure, it was well-deserved, but the guilt of knowing that you are responsible for the death of a man, any man, is absolutely soul-shattering. The next few hours after that was a blur. I remember the police coming, and I'm not even sure if I called them or not. I remember waking up at home in my bed the next day, and it was then I made the decision that I was most definitely not returning to work. I don't know why he didn't use the gun first. Maybe he just liked the challenge. I am still traumatized by this day, and I will never forget the look on that poor woman's face.